This week on the Super League podcast, we talk exclusively about Bailey Griffiths for a full 40 minutes. We've got round nine's action and the team of the week and more coming right up. It's time for the Southeast Super League podcast. The home of all things Super League. Hey guys, this is Mitch Creek from the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. You're listening to the Southeast Super League podcast. Proudly sponsored by Horn Industrial Coatings. This is the Super League podcast. Dale Taylor joined by League Commissioner Rowan Sword, as well as a special guest, ex-teammate, current Mary Noel Matador, and host of the Splash Brothers podcast, Lee Belton. Boys, how are we? Hey, boys, how's it going? How you going, DT? Good to be back. It's been a little, uh, a little time off. Man, doing the podcasting from from you, it's good to get the call up. It's good to have you back, man. It's uh, how long has it been since you graced the airwaves of the Super League podcast? I reckon it's been at least a, at least a month. I must have done must have done something wrong. You must have the the average views down overall when I'm on. So uh, I'm not 100 <laughs> sure what's going on there, but we can uh, we can push through. I'm I'm glad to be here. Well, tell me tell me how the uh, the Splash Bros podcast is going. Have you have you been active on the on the channel? Yeah, so. At the end of last year, we kind of got a bit lazy, obviously family and stuff. But uh, this year, we've really ticked, kicked it into gear and we've got uh, social media going um, a lot harder, TikTok. And the views aren't that crazy, but that's not the reason we do it. We just try and put out good content. And um, Maddie's on a bit of a break at the moment. So it's been good to kind of get random people in to get different perspectives on uh, the, the shit we talk about. It's been good. Yeah, awesome. Ro, you've uh, you're just coming off some surgery, I believe, mate. Yeah, I had surgery last Thursday. Um, that's the third third round of surgery on my thumb, so I'm just just hopeful that it's they've got it right this this time, and hopefully back for finals. Maybe was the thumb secondary? I heard you were getting some other procedure done, but um... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just the thumb. <laughs> just the thumb. Okay. This week's episode is brought to you by Link Scott from Coronas Real Estate, One Coronas Many Solutions. Uh, just quickly on on uh, Coronas, I reached out to those guys today. I'm having uh, having some solar put on my house from the guys at uh, Has Electrical, Eli Evans and those boys. Unofficial shout out right there to to Eli Evans and those boys. But um, just out of curiosity, I thought we could bring it up on the podcast. I asked Link his thoughts on uh, on resale. Uh, value for for getting uh, like a solar system put on your house and he said look it might be a a feature for selling a house but it's not going to add value to your house so um, for those looking at it from that perspective um, yeah probably steer steer clear as a a value add to your house but he did say that you know the the more features you can add to your house uh, the better the better it is um, you know for actually getting the sale so um, you know, there's more to like about the house, but it's not necessarily going to drive the price of your house up. So definitely, um, it's it's one of those things that you're only going to get if you're planning on living there for a long time, because obviously it sort of takes five, seven years to pay off the the package, and uh, it's not until you pay it off that you sort of start getting getting ahead and getting a bit of benefit from it. So is that what you guys have just done? Yeah, so we're we're just about to put um, a massive solar system on the. The house and uh, and a battery as well. So, yep. um, with the aim, like we're we're obviously in in this place for the long haul. We're going to be here for for ten plus years. So, um, that was the the thought process. Is um, yeah, 
pay itself off and then uh, reap the rewards afterwards. But I was just curious, so I reached out to Link about the the resale side of things, and I thought it'd be a good topic of conversation for the podcast. So, so there <laughs> you have it. If you do have, sorry, sorry, DT, I was going to say with the price of milk at forty three dollars ninety at the moment, the life, <laughs> like the inflation around the world's really skyrocketing. So it, it it only seems like a good idea to get that kind of stuff, especially if you're in it for the long haul. Um, I know we've thought about doing some stuff like that, but we're, um, my house is just a look, well, we're going for a little different tactic. I guess we are looking to um, market value and, and lift that up. But if you're in there for the long haul, I, I can't see how it wouldn't be a um, guaranteed uh, profit in the long run. Yeah, I, I think it's a super smart idea. And um, like you say, the price of power is just going to keep going up and up and up and up. So, um, you know, if you can sort of wipe out your, your energy bill, um, I think it's a, it's a no-brainer really. But there we you go. If if you are interested in that sort year. of thing too, reach out to reach out to Eli and the boys at Hazard Electrical. I can put you in touch if you want. Sorry, Ro, you were saying? I was just saying we, we we got it done last year and we were having sort of thirteen, fourteen hundred dollar bills per quarter and our last bill was uh fifteen dollars for the month. So uh, we did the same as you. We got got twenty seven panels and a battery. So it was a pretty expensive setup, but I think they do they do pay for themselves. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, boys, we're here to talk some basketball. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> goodness, I, could, I could do a random podcast about anything but basketball. Yeah, um, I do it nearly every week, DT. It's, uh, it's very enjoyable. <laughs> well, seeing as we are here to talk basketball, we probably should. But um, let's let's talk about Monday night's games, Ro. We had um, we had the the crossover games this week, and uh, didn't didn't disappoint whatsoever. Yeah, huge games, um, and obviously the first game was probably. Uh, I think it was game of the week. It was the koalas and Vikings, and those guys hit the uh, hit the crossovers off in style. Like it was a super competitive game, and um, I think these are sort of top two franchises from both sides, both uh, both conferences. And we had the koalas win sixty one to the Vikings fifty two. Yeah, and, and did, sorry, did he go? No, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say just quickly looking at the stats. Um, this guy probably thinks I'm always calling him out, but. Um, just overall, it's it's good and bad. They go down by nine in the end, but um, Mike Godfrey has has a very off night. Um, again, no, I'm not talking shit about Mike, but to go down by by that, and they didn't really have the offensive set that I guess they they wanted to overall. It'd be concerning for that game, but overall, that they think um, they've put it right up to the koalas, and overall haven't um, shot the lights out. Yeah, I think I think there was a lot to like about the the Vikings game. I mean, you got you got Sav in double figures. You got Luke Thomas and Jared Marshall both in double figures as well. Yeah. Um, I think like like you said, you just needed one other player to sort of step up and um, and have a good game, and, and it's even yeah, surely Sav goes a win one for eleven as well. So, um, yeah, amplitude is yeah. Yeah. What did you think of the koalas, uh, Ro? Yeah, super. They're, they're obviously led. Cooper Lanting, but they've got some really significant role players in that team. Cooper Rice, Jake Tuplin as well, both had huge nights. But it's also the, the guys like um, like like White shooting the three ball as well. He's um, you know you got to get out and respect that. And um, Cooper Rice inside, I think I say it every week. He's, he's been ginormous. He's had ten points, seventeen rebounds, um, and he's probably been the difference in this. They've had an extra eight rebounds, and he's had seventeen of them himself. So. Cooper Rice, Cooper Lanting, those those boys are leading it for the koalas. Is that something you guys are a little bit um, 
on the on the Viking side of things when they come up against these big bodies um, like the Cooper Rice and uh, old mate from the Corns. Um, they really haven't got that really big presence on the inside that can kind of um, yeah, relegate I some think, of that pressure. I think that's what like Godfrey's sort of been playing as that inside guy. Um, also yep. Mark Surtees as well, but they do lack that you know that true center. Um, mm-hmm. So I think you know that was probably detrimental in this game. And um, yeah, as we said, Cooper Rice has had ten points, seventeen rebounds, but their MVP candidate probably probably leading the show at the moment. Cooper Lansing's had 26 points, five rebounds. He's had half a dozen assists. Um, his hands are in the lanes. He's always shooting at a high clip. He shot at 50%. So um, huge numbers. And Jake Tuplin as well. Um, coming off the wing, he's had 16 points, shooting at 50% as well, five rebounds. So does that um, does that firmly cement the Kuirat Koalas as uh, title favourites? I don't think so. I, I really like the way the Camels are progressing, and I think the Penguins also are really um, strong candidates as well. Yep. What do you, what do you, what the, do you guys the, think? Yeah, I'd say it's probably as even as the league's been um, in a long time. Um, usually in the past years, you sit in here saying, oh, it's these guys to lose. It's these guys to lose. Someone has to um, not play well. Um, at, the, at the start, we all thought it was the Unicorns to lose, but... It, but it's just um, everyone's kind of showing their showing their two pieces, and it's uh, it's an exciting exciting time coming up to finals. Not sure if I'll uh, make an appearance this year, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think um, I think you're spot on, Ro. You you mentioned a few really solid teams there, and um, I think I think you're crazy if you're not counting the koalas in that mix. And um, mm. yeah, I think I think you've you've nailed it with the the guys that you've just mentioned. So uh, let's move on to the next game, boys. The next game of the night was the Pakenham Upper Unicorns uh, dragging themselves across the line against the Jordan Dragons, uh, 46 to 39. And this, I thought this was the Dragons game to lose. Yeah, that's a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, right. this this game was, um, was, was 50-50 all night. Sort of just came down to who finished the game out, who shot the highest clip in the in, in the last quarter and who had the most legs to finish on, I think. And um, there's a couple, you know, a couple guys from the Dragons that I think probably had uh, disappointing nights that would normally shoot a little bit better than what they did. And, um, yeah, the, um, the Unicorns have had uh, five losses in a row and they've, they've all been close losses. So it's probably about time they got on the end of a close win. Yeah, you love to see them bounce back. But I think the, the Drew and Dragons were well in control of this game. Um, you know, coming out of half time at least, um, and you just saw the the unicorns sort of just chip away at that lead, and eventually, um, eventually they ended up sort of well in front by it was ten plus. Yeah, and oh, um, ben, Benji Coco, he started off the game with three threes in the first three minutes, I think, um, and there might have been uh, Aaron Miles also chipped in as well. So the uh, the Dragons definitely got off to like that 10, 12 point head start because of. Um, you know, Benji was on fire, and um, it wasn't until the the unicorns sort of changed up their defense. I think that um, they just sort of got themselves back into the game. Am I mistaken? But uh, on here, I'm just looking at the stats. It says um, Plaza Plaza didn't play. Yeah, that's oh, my correct. stats. Yep. I, yeah, I got. Yep. I know they got Andy. Andy's coming back off his injury, but um, Plaza's a he would have left a really big hole, especially coming up against um, arguably the best. Four or five that Super League's probably ever seen. Um, 
so yeah, a heck of a game. I unfortunately I didn't, I didn't get to see it, but um, yeah, it was a, yeah, a, a much needed win. A couple guys, obviously, in the um, when you look at the stats left off, um, for the unicorns, guys like Jack Morris, Bernie, um, and Josh Philjack as well. They 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 both had significant games. I think um, Jack Morris, Bernie had about thirteen rebounds, maybe. Um, you know, did a really good job um, defensively on Andy, um, which sort of freed up Trent Castle Dean to to play that more attacking role and not worry about locking guy locking down a guy like Andy. So Jack Jack obviously had himself a huge game. Um, Jake Sutherland was really good as well. He's getting to the rack, he's doing that Euro step and um, getting those little floaters going. He's had twelve and five. Uh, Jaylay was a little bit quiet, but more of a facilitator for the night. But Trent Castledine was the guy again. He's had 25 points, 17 rebounds, uh, and sorry, 28 rebounds, and 17 of them were offensive rebounds. So 25 and 28, 17 offensive rebounds. He's had 28 was rebounds. the record. Right? Yeah, I think I think he's got 31, hasn't he? Oh, truth. Oh, I'm I'm just looking at the stats here again. He had more offensive rebounds than the Dragons did total rebounds. So if uh, that doesn't give you an indication of how dominant he was, I'm not sure what will. Yeah, he, that, that, uh, that's that's the thing. They get nice. second chance opportunities <laughs> because of those offensive rebounds, and um, yeah, I think. I think and I don't really see. I don't see him get an O board and then uh, dish it back out for a three. I could be mistaken. When he gets that O board, he, um, yeah, he's that dominant that he can just go straight back up. So you can see he's taking thirty-two shots, and I wonder if you hold him to maybe five to ten uh, O boards, he probably wouldn't get them extra shots, and probably would have won the game. Yeah, I, th- I think the Unicorns' weak- weakness is probably their outside shooting at the moment. As you see, they've only knocked one outside shot. Um, that's probably something where Curtis has identified and something that they know that they need to work on. Um, and the Dragons, they're on fire. I think they hit all, all their three-pointers in that first quarter, but um, were, were unsuccessful, obviously, in the second half in nailing a three. For the Dragons, uh, Aaron Miles and Benji Coco, the only players that made double figures, uh, Andy Britannia, he had 8 and 13. Uh, you had Aaron Miles with uh, 13 and 6. Benji with 11 and 6. Uh, the next closest was Cal Shave with 7 and 5. Um, just a, a tough game scoring the ball from these boys. I think mm. you, you touched on Benji coming out really hot, and um, I think that they probably rode the coattails of that um, right up until the second half until they really sort of dried up. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. They run out of scoring options, and guys like Cal Shave was kept pretty quiet. So they'll bounce back. But um, they're a very important game for the Unicorns. They're sort of hold holding the mix now. They're still uh, still a uh, mathematical um, possibility of making finals. Yeah, well, I mean, they they got off to such a hot start. You know, they they, they sort of gave themselves that luxury of being able to drop a few games and and not have to worry. But um, they've probably dropped enough where they they really need to buckle in and um. And strap a few wins together, and that is as good a start as any. Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. All right, boys. The next game uh, was a absolute thriller. It was the Arena Bulls getting up on the Warrigal Chargers, fifty-one to fifty. Road, take me through it. Yeah, this is the Timmy Morgan show. A couple of weeks ago, I said, "Oh, I think Timmy's maybe shooting a few too many outside shots," and <laughs> man, he had eight from fourteen. He probably had about eight from twelve at one stage. He was on fire, and um, he probably couldn't take could couldn't take enough shots 
Um, so Timmy's had himself 30 points, about six assists. He's had 11 rebounds, um, three steals and a block. Um, most One of the most impressive performances I've seen in Super League for a long time. Um, Timmy, he ha- oh, sorry, Ron. Tim, yeah, Ron. Timmy Morgan was back to his best. Um, I was just going to say, DT, this, this uh, Chargers team has obviously arguably the best player in the last three years uh, overall. And, you know, Bailey Beck is an awesome defender. I wasn't there again. Did they did they sit in a zone the entire game and Timmy Morgan just took the piss the entire game? Or did they obviously try and navigate some of his presence and uh, failed by the looks of it? They, yeah, uh, look, I think... Yeah, sorry, bro. Yeah, I was going to say, they played zone for nearly the whole game. Um, and it wasn't until they were a couple points behind where they sort of stepped out and played man near the end. I think, I think Tim too. Tim's probably one of those guys that's really hard to play defense on because he plays with such high energy on both ends of the floor for a full forty minutes. Yep. So um, I think there's, it's only a matter of time, you know, when he gets you rather than if he gets you. Absolutely. And you see, on for the Chargers, obviously Diljank doing Diljank things. Um, on on this occasion, probably didn't take enough shots. Twelve shots um, when you're the best player in the team. Uh, I would imagine that's enough. He had the 14 rebounds, a couple of steals, four blocks. Uh, Bailey Beck is, again, probably going for steal of the draft. He's probably going for back-to-back. I think he played two years ago. I think he got it. Uh, yeah, just not enough output from, from some of the charges, in my opinion. Yeah, well, you look at uh, Kerry Ashford. He's had, a, he's had a game. He's had three, uh, three threes made in the game as well. Uh, good contribution from him. Brady Herman's had 11 points. He was in double figures as well. Good to see. Um, and and that's sort of pretty much it uh, on the scoring end. Yep. You'd love to see Mason sort of make a couple more. He only took just the five shots. Um, he had a, a relatively quiet night, Road. Yeah, Mason um, obviously just doing the team things, trying to facilitate, trying to bring his teammates into the game. I'll tell you what, Kerry Ashford had himself, you know, a hot two or three minutes. He had the crowd up and about. He hit all three of his threes consecutively, and it was in a, a two or three minute period. And um, there's a bit of a, a Kerry versus Timmy Morgan shootout for a period of that. Game. It <laughs> I don't want to be. Oh, sorry, we're <laughs> off like crazy. It's so it's so deflating to see, like you know, when you come down and three threes go in a row straight over your head. It's um, you know, it takes the wind right out of your sails. Um, when you you've got to go back and make up three points somehow on the other end, it's um. It's really, it's really devastating when someone does that to you. So, um, yeah, credit to him. Yep, absolutely. For the as, Bulls, as, sorry, I think obviously it was Timmy Morgan leading the show with thirty and eleven. But guys like Dan Eagleton was pretty, uh, pretty significant in the role that he played for the Bulls. He gets himself to good spots and loves that mid-range shot. Um, Jared Cowles. Um, had two points, 14 rebounds. He's he's doing really well, really underrated post player um, and just doing what the team needs. And uh, shout out to Kyle Day. I think he, he went about four or five weeks without a score. So Kyle Day um, <laughs> dropped his two points, four rebounds as well and played his role for the team. Got the monkey off his back. It's good to see Jared Kells again with this same sort of stat line that we've been seeing for him week in, week out. Is that Dennis Rodman of the competition by the look of it. And and also Stoy was the fifth the fifth guy. Stoy was the fill in. I think Stoy had about six and eight. Um, yep. Stoy played and one very important basket. Yeah, he plays. Stoy played very well, and um, as you know, he makes those 
high IQ players and there's no one better to have on the floor in a, in a close game. So that was a pretty um, pretty handy addition for the Bulls that night, I think. Yep. Uh, the next game and the final game of the Monday night, it was the Coraline Camels uh, smacking the Emerald Bears 67 to 43 in what was Leon Stapley's comeback game. Love to see it. Yeah, awesome having Leon back. I think um, he hasn't played for about two years, but he was keen and he was happy. He had a smile on his face. He was getting some shots up. And I think he felt really welcomed back and um, and good to be out on the court again. So, um, unfortunately, the results um, wasn't wasn't good for the Bears. They need a little bit of work and their shooting was a little bit, um, a little bit poor. But um, I'm sure Leon will get that going and make a big difference to the Bears moving forward. He's in full t- is, he, is he a replacement player for Carfee or yes another? sir not not Carfee but uh, Westy Westy's gone out with a with a calf injury um, oh, so he's he's out for a little bit um, but yeah Leon was happy to step in and you know pretty much fill the same role just just jack threes don't have a conscience <laughs> um, just yeah like it's it, it's perfect really um, love to see yeah Leon got up 15 threes in the game Um really sort of uh, attempting to blow off the rust. And I, I can't imagine that sort of sticking around too long. Lee, when you've, when you've put up as many threes as he had over the years, I think the muscle memory kicks in pretty quick. Yeah, the man, he's one of the greatest. I, I put you and him up there with one of the greatest three-point shooters that Packham's ever ever had, uh, big V-wise. So uh, it's great to see him back. I, I was speaking to him actually not too long ago. I, I assumed he didn't know he was coming back just yet, but... Um, he was in good spirits and he was looking healthy. So, um, Leon, good to see you back, brother. And I won't get to verse you because it's on a different night. But yeah, there, there was, there's no way in my right mind this guy won't. How many did he make, DT, if he shot 15? I'm going to say four? No, he, he hit two. Um, so, right. yeah, he's, um, I, I reckon that's probably what he'll end up with um, as a starting point for most games here on out. Yep, absolutely. On the camel side, like I've been really impressed with the camels. They kind of versed us the first two weeks in Manadors and um, wasn't so sure about how, how they were going to go, but um, these have really proved me wrong and really ticking over. They've just got a nice little team. Like They haven't got any absolute all-stars. Badger might be an all-star five if we're doing that this year, but um, overall, I think the, the continuity of they're all playing together is uh, excellent. Yeah, well, I think um, I think Mike too. Mike's been having yeah. a, a hell of a season, man. Like he's yep. he's taken out a couple of player of the weeks, and he's he's been nominated more often than not. And I think um, I think his role in that team is just perfect. Yep, had the twenty three points, twelve rebounds, shot over fifty percent. Um, Complements Badger perfectly. More is um, just a nice little combo they got going there, and then. Um, just their role guys, and then Walker having a game. I don't actually know who that is. If That's I'm Craig, being honest, Craig but... Walker, man. He's been around. He's been around for a long time. Um, just a hell of a player. Ah, really. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw the face now. Um, you, yeah, that's you'd, just, re- you'd that's remember a... him um, because he's a he's a hell of a defender as well. Yeah, I think I do actually now. Nightmares, but um, <laughs> now overall, yeah, I'm really happy with how the Camels are looking, and um, if if anything, they're going to be my dark horse coming to the finals. I reckon. I think yep. that's fair, Ro. You rate him pretty highly too. I, I tip the Camels from our side of the conference. I think they've got a really good um, transition game and obviously a really strong um, defensive foundation with guys like Mike Stewart, Dave Morseman, and Jake O'Connor inside. Jake Connor inside. 
Um, and then they get a lot of breakaway points through Josh Lantine and um, Craig Walker and Shane Badger. But I think, you know, the Shane Badger-Mike Stewart combo, they're combining for about 30 to 40 points every week now. And, um, you know, they shot at 49% as a team this week. But a lot of that is because they play extremely good defense and they get a lot of breakaway points. Um, so, yeah, it's a pretty scary team. You don't want to be turning the ball over too many times against these, these guys because they, they make it make you pay and um, obviously Mike Stewart is one of those guys he's six maybe six seven or close to six seven he's got a uh, massive arm span and he's uh, he's one of those guys you you struggle to defend and when he's up and going and when guys like Shane Badger's pushing the ball down the floor they're they're a hard team to pull up and you know you add guys like Craig Walker and dropping 19 points in there as well Um, yeah I, I, I compare them very similar to the way the Penguins line up and um, they're my two tips at the moment, the Camels and the Penguins. I'll put you guys on the spot. Would you say, just looking at this list and kind of how they've been in the last month or so, do you reckon they're the most well-rounded, deepest team in Super League this season? Uh, yes. Yeah. I agree. I think <laughs> they, had some, um, they had some sort of hiccups at the start of the season. Everyone's sort of finding their role within the team, but I think Lockie's got everyone finding their role and understanding what they need to do and I think they're, they're a good group of guys that love playing with each other. And, um, yeah, I think they are the team to beat. I think DT didn't say anything because he's, um, he's too one-eyed about his, uh, <laughs> his, his mob. So, uh, no, 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 no. So- I've, been, I've been saying it all season. <laughs> I, I mean, and, and I think the Camels are a terrific team and, and certainly um, certainly a, a chance to come out of the Monday night comp. But I think, um, you know, if we're talking about deep and, and well-rounded teams, I think, I keep coming back to the Vikings, man. They've they've got mm. they've got outside game. They've got the they've experience. got a decent sort of inside game. They're all long. They can switch. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I like the way they're put together. But um, for the Bears, uh, we had we had Jimmy McGrath with twenty three points and nine rebounds. He had a hell of a game. He's um, never shot that many shots in his life. <laughs> that, I reckon. No, he, he was passing it at the ring, I think, but. Um, <laughs> he had he had a handful of assists as well. It was good to see, good to see from him. And um, Greg Wise eight points five boards. Dill Henry four points eleven boards. Love to see that from him. Uh, he seems to be improving, you know, a little bit each week. Um, love to see it. But yeah, all those boys played forty minutes, uh, and no doubt it was um, it was a well earned lemonade after the game. It was. Uh, it was and good I to think see coffee down there as well. Coffee was down there coaching the boys and calling some much-needed timeouts. And, um, yeah, it's good good to see him still down there, part part of the group. I know they got smashed in this one, DT, but if they can kind of get – is Jay Rich – again, Jay Rich didn't play this game, but if they can get everyone on the track, um, I, if they can sneak into the finals, I definitely wouldn't be wanting to come up a bit of GYs, Jimmy McGrath and Leon Staple if I've ever thought about basketball. That is not a team that I'd want to verse in the finals. Yeah, I think um, it's going to be interesting, uh, certainly, to see what this team does from here on out. I mean, you know how smart Jimmy is as a player, but Leon is equally as smart, but he's, um, he's not one to sort of sit back and, and just sort of watch things unfold. He's really going to sort of take the ball by the horns and make people accountable, um, get people in the right spots. And um, I'd, I'd put money on this team being better than what they have been so far. Especially with the inside-outside presence, like Jimmy's obviously he's had, he's had a he's had a good shooting night tonight. But with Leon, uh, Jay Rich, and Wise, he can find them anywhere uh, on the court at any time. And really, um, if Stapley can 
be one-tenth of the man you used to be, I think this will be a danger team. I haven't even looked where they are on the ladder, but for me... Um, yeah, I'm just yeah, look, looking scared. at that now. The, the Bears are two and six, um, and the mm-hmm. Reapers are sitting in fourth spot already with five wins, and the Bears have only got three games to go. So the Bears essentially need everything to go right for them. They need to win every single game. And they then need like eight drug to scandals to come through the Super League <laughs> and they'll make it from there. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap that game up. We've we've got just before we go to a break, we've got to we've got to chat about our team of the week, which was uh, which was red hot this week. Yeah. Um, well, shout out to Mike as well. He's done a great job with them. Um, Timmy Morgan, um, team of the week. He's, uh, he's also player of the week. He's the starting point guard for the uh, for the team of the week. Um, undeniably, he's had himself 30, 30 points. Um, Bailey Griffiths from the uh, the GM from the unic- uh, from the Rangers has had himself also a player of the week nomination, um, and and he's our starting shooting guard. Um, Bailey had four, I think, four threes or five threes, and. Um, Obviously, a couple important ones early, but then finished the game with a couple important ones as well. So, geez, he would have got. Sorry to interrupt. He would have got around that player of the week. He'll be loving it. He'll be sharing it on all his social outlets. Um, and yeah, it was just a really good, really good all round game from him. And he he could be the most passionate GM I've almost ever seen. DT, the way that he's he doesn't play a lot of minutes, but when he's not on the when he's not on the court and his team's not going well, the emotion that he. Uh, displays on the sideline is very uh let me just call passionate yeah i mean i've had the chance to play a little bit of basketball with bailey um for the reapers and uh and, you know I, I just rate what he's all about like he's um he's just a super nice guy obviously very passionate about the game and you know he gets around people that that are playing well and i think as a result people get around him as well like you, yep. you just you looked at this game and everyone was up and about for him and um, you just love to see it. It was a good vibe. That's what's so good about Super League, my man. It's uh, it's a community. We're all uh, friends, even though I don't know everyone's name. Uh, it's all just uh, <laughs> or, any, or all anyone's just... name. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just a, it's a very good. Uh, anyway, obviously everyone listening to this is going to be part of Super League or hopefully external as well. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a hell of a league, and I've always said, and I always will. Yep. Uh, Cooper Lantine's been pushed to the uh, small forward this week. Once again, he makes the team. Shows that versatility. He's playing small forward. Uh, he's had himself, I think, about 27 points. Trent Castledine starting power forward. He had 25 and 28. And uh, You just and, print that out and his name's automatically on it and then you only have to play the other four <laughs> yeah, spots? Or? I think uh, Trent, Trent and Cooper have been in uh, the starting five pretty much since the existence yep. of this team of the week. And Mike Stewart is our starting centre and he's uh, got, his, got his name in there a couple of times now and as you know, I think Mike had 23 and 12. Um, guys off the bench, so a shout-out to uh, Kurt Lazaro, who dropped 18 points, and Jaden O'Neill also coming off the bench. He had himself a night. Do you want to uh, speak for that one? DJ? Yeah, mate, uh, it was just it was just good to see. I mean, he he, uh, he shot the ball incredibly well, um, just, just managed to sort of find himself open a couple of times, and... You know what it's like once you see the ball go in a couple of times. It's uh, it's a whole lot easier to shoot your next one. So, um, yeah, love to see it from him. He was high energy and, and really important uh, in our game. That's for sure. I, I was going to say uh, I've refed um, I've refed uh, Jaden about three times now, and 
every time I refer him, he drops about 20 points. So <laughs> he's doing doing some nice things for you guys. And um, obviously, you need that extra scoring option sometimes. So hopefully, for you boys, you can keep it going. Yeah, let me just see if I can just manipulate that referee's <laughs> roster too for, for Tuesday night's game. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back to talk about the Tuesday night action. Lincoln Scott at Coronas Real Estate, changing lives for the better. One Coronas, many solutions. Here to help with all your property needs, whether you're selling, buying or leasing your home in the southeast suburbs. Lincoln demonstrates exceptional diligence, drive, commitment with 15 years of experience selling local and living local. Thinking of selling? Contact Lincoln Scott at Coronas Real Estate today on 0423 486 285. All right, and we are back, boys. Uh, we're here to talk uh, A-grade basketball Tuesday night. Um, <laughs> first first game of the night we had, uh, it was the, the Hampton Park Blazers still remaining winless uh, going down to the Dandy Ducks, 31-42, to 42, in what was a very close and competitive game. The, the Blazers were competitive for a good 30 minutes of this one, Ro. Yeah, um, I got to say about half time, and it was neck and neck. And I think the scores might have even been equal going into the the last quarter. And it wasn't wasn't until the last ten minutes, eight minutes that Danny Ducks got away from him. Obviously, a thirty one forty two result, very close, low scoring game. But um, the defensive pressure and the effort from the Blazers was really good. They've added a few key pieces there. Um, guys like Kyle Sutherland, he had a, a significant impact defensively. Um, Liam McDonald. And, uh, and Bryce Joyner. So I think um, Grimmo's, uh takes a lot away from it, although that, it was another loss. He sort of takes a lot of positives out of it and gone. He knows he's made some uh, some good change-ups. And uh, obviously the, the Blazers have been leaking 60, 70 points a game. So to get a guy like Kyle and, you know, to keep a team like the Danny Ducks to 42 points, um, it definitely means they're, they're in the game. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a terrific turnaround and... and like you say, a lot of positives to take out of it. Um, to to keep a team to just forty points as as good as the Ducks have been, I think is a good effort. Um, I think you just got to focus on putting the ball through the hoop just a couple more times, and and you're going to be winning games. But um, when you when you look at guys like you know Corey Nagel having under ten points, a really quiet game from him, and they were still right in this game. I think it's yeah, there's not. Not too much to dislike, I don't think. I think we're we, we, to sorry, uh, Ro, just to uh, continue to grind. Like the the effort is just as as much as it was from round one when you're going through. You got your nine games in and you're zero and nine. It's very easy to uh, just throw in the towel, but these guys are still uh, putting in the effort. So yeah, shout out to them. I guess it'll be it'll be tough. I've never been in this situation. I hope never to be. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, th- I liked what Kyle did offensively as well. I don't have his stats in front of me, but he had a couple of nice little fadeaways and, and aggressive moves to the bucket. Uh, he had PK with uh, with 10 points uh, outside of that. No one really shooting the ball particularly well. Even Grimo uh, couldn't get it going from deep. Um, you know, we, we just know, you know, guys like Grimo and Matt Waitley, these guys are, are guys who can shoot threes. Um, I, was, I was talking to Grimo post-game and um, I was just saying, you know, like, Good shooters have bad shooting nights. They have bad shooting months. Um, mm. 
it, just to just to hang in there, just be confident in your shot. So, um, yeah. Moving on. It's a good. Um, it's a good. Lear- Sorry, just last thing. It is a good learning curve for him. Is it his first season as a GM? It is. Or, yeah. Yeah. It so is. it's a good learning curve. It's you kind of don't just throw it away, but you kind of the best thing you can do from here if he's going to do it again next year. Learn from your mistakes. Kind of what what what, what kind of look back if you really want to take it seriously as a GM. Look back at your mistakes and kind of um, relive and, and and move on quickly. Have short term memory loss, but um, don't get stuck two years in a row doing the same thing because you might get relegated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dandy Ducks, Ash Beck, twelve points, twenty rebounds. Alex Katuziak, eleven points, seven boards. Uh, those were the only two in double figures. You had Trent Reeford with eight and seven. Uh, you had Giovanni Nativo, 6.7 boards. Uh, Lucas Armstrong, three points, couple of rebounds. Lewis Munoz with not nearly enough shots and two points, two boards. And Jono Bray with zero minutes, zero points, zero assists, and zero <laughs> turnovers. Just a, a shout out to Jono. I don't know if you guys know what happened throughout the week, but. He might have a little bit of a car accident on the way home on Monday night, so he's pulled up a little bit sore. So I just want to shout out to Jono and make sure that he's okay and hopefully he can bounce back and uh, and not to miss too many games. Yeah, I saw a few snaps of him today. Looks like he's doing just fine. Uh, oh, awesome. So yeah, he's he's out there. He's active. He's uh, he's doing well. He's he seems to be in good spirits too, uh, based on the snaps that I was seeing today. <laughs> awesome. That's good to, good to and the, the Ducks, they are cruising along, ticking boxes. Um, I think Jono would be very happy with the way his boys are contributing. He's got a very deep team. Um, they're sitting second in their conference. They're six and one. Got 118 percent on the board. I think uh, I think that'll bring a smile to Jono's face, and I think the Ducks should be pretty happy with the way they're going. And the I fact saw... that they've done it without their their GM as well. Sorry, DT. Um, no. They did it without him, so it's it's a really good job for yeah. him as a, as a GM that he, he traded and drafted and whatever he's done, he's put his team in the right spot where he, he doesn't have to carry. It's good, Yeah, it's good when you've got a, such a deep team that the boys can still pull out a win and um, it's good to see. Shout out to, to Alex Katuziak. We had uh, we had his little boy there. He was chuffed with the win as well. Uh, he brought the missus and, and kid down. It was cool to see him. Um, moving on, the Ducks. Going well. Next game, Bloodhounds 47 row defeating the Narnagoon Bulldogs 44. This, you guys would have been shitting a little bit, right? Yeah, um, as you know, with a guy like Jeff Reed on the floor, <laughs> you're winning by uh, three points or 30 points going into that last quarter, and you still know that as long as Jeff's on the floor, that um, they've got opportunity to win the game. and. I think we're up by about six points with about 30, 40 seconds to go, and Jeff banked one off the backboard. Um, and I think he, he said it was ugly or he didn't mean it. <laughs> it was one of those shots that went in. You're like, fuck, man, if he's going to hit that one, um, we're lucky. We're lucky to escape with the win. Um, we talked about sort of um, playing man-on-man, so we played a half-court man for the game, and we got our matchups correct. But, um, you know, we kept Jeff to, to 15 points. Um, and that's that's credit to guys like James Armstrong that did a bit of a lockdown job on on Jeff for the night. But um, that Bulldogs team's pretty stacked, and I think they've been on the uh, on the wrong side of a couple close wins this season because they're, they're they're a pretty good team. And Carl's Carl's um, done a great job with those boys. They've lost a lot of close games, but I feel like this game was probably more out of reach. Um, 
you know, earlier on, and they really fought their way back. And I, I thought they did a terrific job. Credit to them for for making it making a game of it. There was a uh, we we went on a twenty point run in a six minute period, um, and I think it was the six minutes Carl was on the bench. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, I was talking up. to Carl as that was happening. It was uh, it was a it was a very one sided conversation. They got off to an eight or ten point head start, and then Carl went to the bench for about six minutes, and then we had an eight or ten point lead out the other way. And um, yeah, it was that that six minutes. I think they they definitely lost a little bit of inside defense uh, or, or paint defense. So um, yeah, very important, I guess, that those boys help Carl out a little bit defensively in, inside the paint. Yeah, he was having a good game too before he went off, but he you know he's finished the game with nine and eight. Um, just a really important piece in that team. Uh, you mentioned Jeff already. Riley Saxon had 11 points, five boards, and I thought his role in that game was was pivotal. Uh, he had a couple of baskets that were just super important. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was. I don't think the team would have been in it had it not been for his efforts. Um, no other players in double figures or, or close to. You had Reese with four. You had Mickey Francis with two. Fab with three and Dan Blythe uh, didn't register a score in that game, but um, I I really like the Bulldogs team. I, I think they're they're a well balanced team, and um, I, I think, like you say, Rove, very very unlucky. Just another shout out to Mickey Francis as well because he was all, he's almost unrecognisable. I don't see you guys on a Tuesday night, obviously too often, um, and Mickey Francis has lost twenty thirty. 35 kilos. I'm not sure. He's lost so much weight and looks super. Yeah, he's himself. thin. Yeah. So, um, yeah, awesome job to to him and um, yeah, it's amazing, amazing what you can do. 100. Uh, percent Next game of the night, boys. It was the Merino Matadors getting Uh-oh. thumped by the Bayside Reapers, 30 to 61. Mary Noel Matadors, very, very short-handed. They had five players missing Lee Belton and Michael Snyder's, probably two of their best players this season so far. Oh, dude, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, obviously, they went pretty well without you last week. Um, yeah, I, I was. Uh, that's kind of why I didn't play this week. I knew we, we got smacked <laughs> last night I didn't play, so I thought I'd just roll with the punches and, and let the boys get another W without me, but... Unfortunately, I know how good this team was last time we versed them, um, and I can't imagine they haven't got any worse. So, again, I wasn't there due to work commitments, working in bands out the last three weeks straight, Monday to Friday. So, it's been a bit of a mission. But um, yeah, talk to, talk to me about it, guys. What are we talking? I think for the Matadors, they they obviously lacked scoring options. Um, not only we yourself was away, but Mick Snyder's is away, and Mick Snyder's been sort of dropping. 10 to 15 points a game as well. So Tristan sort of had to step up as the, the dominant scorer. Um, and I think obviously the Reapers were yeah. aware of that and did a really good defensive job on him. Um, you know, I think too, just the ball wasn't dropping for him that night. We've seen him We've seen him shoot the ball really, really well um, over the last sort of month or so of basketball. And it just wasn't, just wasn't dropping. You know, you have those games and I just, I just feel like he had so many good looks and they just didn't go in fortunate for us. Um, but one player who was seeing the ball go in was was Ben Rhodes. I, I loved his game, you know, from the outset. He, he came into the post and just imposed his will on the game and, and really sort of um, drew a lot of attention defensively. Hand over heart. 
hand over heart, that is he is the most underrated player ever to play Super League. And that oh. is not biased. That be, I've played with him the last two years, but he was I was hoping to get myself, Tristan, and like Ben Rhodes was like number one on my list. Um, the con the the continuity as you've seen last last year DT um, with myself you and him uh, he just brings so many uh, open opportunities and and revenues to basket and he's lost a bit of weight as well so he's still a big boy but um, yeah shout out to him I think he's one of the most underrated players ever to play Super League hot take uh, yeah, I, I don't know his singlet looked really tight on on Tuesday <laughs> um, really really tight so. Um, I'm not not sure if like he's he's opted for a smaller size just to sort of flex his <laughs> muscles a bit or what, but uh, he's, he's he was looking good out there, man. Yep. I was just about to say, how many players play back to the basket? Yeah, traditional, Carl Malone, Shaquille O'Neal, back to the basket, post sort of play. How many how many guys in our league can do that? Yeah, there's only a handful, man. There's not not many. Yeah. And DT is one of them. He's 5'11", 33 kilos. <laughs> Oh shit! Uh, I had I had uh, Horny ask me like two or three times in a row. He's like, "Hey man, do you want to do you want to switch so I can take Ben?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> and I did yeah, everything I could full time. <laughs> no, he, he just he made a meal out of me a couple of times um, with with just terrific uh, strong moves to the basket. I was really really impressed yeah. with what I saw from him. Um, you had, you had Matt Darcy with 10 points, seven rebounds, probably a handful of assists if I go back and have a squeeze there. Uh, yeah, a couple of assists as well. But, yeah, just a, a long night for the Matadors, um, yeah, with, you know, lacking scoring options. I think it was just a matter of time before you guys got tired with five players and, you know, we've got guys like Seth and Jaden O'Neill yep. who are, you know, willing and able to, to run those fast breaks all night long. So it, was just, it just became... Um, just a fun game, you know, like yep. all the, the blokes on the court were just, you know, happy to have a laugh and, and really get along. It was actually a, a fun game to be a part of. You guys are cruising now. You sitting, are you sitting in fourth, DT, if I'm not mistaken? I think we are fourth, yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, I, I'm assuming, yeah. is there anyone close to you in fifth? I don't have it in front of me, unfortunately. No, nah, the Bulls are one, I think the, the Bulls are one yeah, game behind. Bulls are nipping at our heels. But, um... Yeah, if you can again, you're another team. If 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 you can sneak into finals, Horns are tough men to play uh, to play against yourself. Um, you've really just got. I think you, you're up there with, with deepness on your on your team as well. So, um, I think it's the most not. I wouldn't say it's the deepest league ever, but I think just the con the Conradi and continuity that some of these teams have. Um, it's really putting the league in a, in a good spot. Yeah, I mean, you look at Jaden. I mean, he. <laughs> He shouldn't have. He should, in my opinion, I don't think he should have been anywhere near that seventh round. But we, we picked him up in the seventh round early on, and you know he's he's made team of the week. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's just Bailey, how this league Bailey goes. Yeah, Bailey was the same. He was a seventh rounder, team of the week. And, yeah, and, and player of the week. So it just goes to show you how deep this this league really is. And um, yeah. yeah, getting off track a bit. Jaden O'Neill played a, a terrific game. He had eighteen points, four of seven from deep. Um, was just a pleasure to watch. Um, Seth Horn had 22 points. Yeah, he, he had a ripper game. A lot of fast breaks, like we mentioned. Um, and then you had, uh, you know, the Schnoz with six and nine. Uh, Eli didn't play this game. Horny, Horny didn't score, but he had nine rebounds and, and a number of really good plays. And Dave Wang had a killer three pointer as well. I've Love never seen see someone, it. David Horn, someone play basketball that doesn't want to shoot less than him. 
He, he could go three weeks without taking a shot, and I don't. I think he'd be happier. Dean Horn. Yeah, Dean Horn. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man doesn't shoot nearly enough. Um, we, were, we were trying to make sure he pumped up a couple of threes towards the end of that game, but um, yeah, he's, he is definitely one player that is is probably too unselfish and you know knows very, his role and he plays it to perfection. Yeah, but very handy, very capable on the post as Absolutely, well. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I know for us, we'd probably like to see him take a few more shots inside. But uh, yeah, there you go. That's that. That's that game. Moving on to the last game. The last game was probably one of the more interesting games uh, of the round. It was the Clyde Kittens going down to the Ringwood Rangers, forty-two to forty-seven. And uh, you know, we've been talking about it for for just about the entirety of the podcast. But this was <laughs> Bailey, Bailey Griffith's game. Yeah, man, he came out, I think he dropped um, two threes, maybe even three threes in the first quarter. And then I think he finished with one in the last quarter, which was came at an important time. But we're talking about a seventh-round guy dropping 17 points, had a couple couple rebounds and uh, a couple steals as well. So Bailey's uh, playing his role in that team. And I know when you know he made some big trades, everyone was a little bit concerned about where the Rangers were going to get their points from. and. Mm. Bailey's backed himself. He's put his hand up and he's dropping points. And there's other guys on that team as well that are a significant scoring options. Um, Summit Thap has also dropped 14 points. Night, night. <laughs> night, night. He, mm-hmm. uh, he, he had a good night um, defensively as well. He's had a couple steals. He's had a few rebounds. And he's always, obviously, always ready to shoot the ball from outside. So, um, Gav Trapnell. Playing his role, he's had zero points, fifteen rebounds, uh, three blocks. Dennis Rodman style, he's uh, he's doing a really good job for the Rangers and um, guys like Jay Burgess as well. He had twelve rebounds last week. He's had ten rebounds, six and ten this week with a steal. And Jordan Hendricks was a double double last week. He's also had five and eleven this week. Nathan O'Brien leading from the front as a point guard. He's making some nice plays for that team. He knows where everyone is, and he's had five and six himself. I got one for you, DT. Sorry to yeah. cut in. If I made my first three shots in a game, you know I would probably shoot probably 50 or 60 on the night. <laughs> he's made his first two or three shots and he's only put up how, – how's he only put up 11 field goals on the night? I think he's just an unselfish so player, man. Like he's – you know, yep. he, he knows he knows his shots and he sticks to those. You know, he's not one of those probably guys that, that really sort of looks to, to jack up shots. Um he just knows where his shots are, and he plays within those uh, those boundaries. Yep, I say I don't think I've ever scored seventeen on eleven shots. Let me just tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely there is definitely something to be said. There's only a handful of players that can just keep shooting without a conscience, and you know we, we talked about Leon being one of those guys. I think Westy's one yep. of those guys, and I think you're for sure one of those guys as well. So um, you just got to know that they're they're coming, they they're going in at some point, and. Um, I, I love I love that sort of mentality. I wish I could sort of adopt a bit more of it myself, but I just can't. You're too worried about being top ten in block. That's why, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is one of them things. You kind of got to, like like I said before, short term memory loss. You you know you've put in the work uh, at training or just overall. So it's just um, you know a matter of time it's going to happen. You're gonna you're gonna get good looks and and in this league, um, it's not. It, it I'd say. Um, I'm probably thinking more on my behalf, but it's not a huge defensive league from what I see, kind of the way I play. You're always going to get good looks if you put enough volume up. So um, not disrespecting people that uh, focus more on defense, but it's just one of them leagues that you're going to get you're going to get good looks. You just got to just got to make a bucket. 
Yeah, well, I mean, we spent our first uh, whole game trying to make sure you didn't get any looks. So <laughs> yeah, <fuck laughs> <the mind. Shit. laughs> anyway, all right, we're loving it. And from yeah, from the kittens' point of view, um, yeah, just again, just one of the things, just not enough offensive threat, not enough uh, offense contribution from from um, everyone on the course of the night. You got no one or one Nathan. Is it Nathan Gormley had had the double? Um, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, no one else is, is in the in double digits. And I think the the Gormley boys might have had a game earlier that night. I think Dave said to me, "This is our second game tonight." Um, and they both the, the Gormley boys had to play forty minutes, so um, they might have just run out of puff. And as you know, when you're playing two games in one night, sometimes it's it's hard to you know get your feet under you when you when you're taking your shots as well. So especially um, with them two. We talk about deepness in in the league. I think this is they'll be on the bottom end of the spectrum of deepness. They've got some talent on their top end, um, but these guys have to score heavily. They're they're doing really well, but these two guys really have to score heavily for for these kittens to get Ws most of the time. Yeah, I think so. I mean, guys like you know um, Bojack Packer, and, right. and Dill Packer. Dill Packer can shoot the ball as well, um, but they they need guys like Lugman as well to. To chip in with points and assist with points, and um, obviously Lugan was off a little bit that night. But um, Dave Gormley's had 15 shots and he's only had nine points, and that's never going to happen again. 15 shots for him would usually get him 15 or 20 points. So um, I think the Rangers got a little bit lucky, but um, in terms of um, how well the Rangers played and, and how well the Rangers shot, they probably would have beaten most teams that night as well. Yeah, I mean. Defense wins games, right? And and we spoke about the the Ringwood Rangers shift to be a, a defensive uh, centric team, and it just shows in these games where you know you hold a team to to near forty points, and that's a pretty decent effort, I think. Yeah, yeah, yep. Hmm. That's the Gav Gav Trapnell effect, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but but not only him. I mean, Jay Burgess they've brought in as well, and you know, Geordie's a, a decent defender as well. Obviously, Nathan O'Brien's a good defender. I think, you know, you got more guys out there who know how to defend than not. So, um, yeah, I I, I kind of like the the Rangers having that different um, that point of difference. I think that yeah, they're definitely better better now than what they were at the start of the season. Yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. Well, boys, that that brings us to the end of the uh, the game coverage. We've got um, we've got games coming up uh, probably tonight. By the time most of you guys are listening to this, um, we've got our game of the week for Monday and Tuesday night. Ro, um, take us yep. through what you got Monday, here. Got the unicorns and the uh, and the. I'm just looking for the game time. Unicorns and camels. Um, obviously, I think this was chosen because of how well the unicorns have been going. Um, and they're not getting results, so they're in a position where there's, uh, they're highly rated, but they're they're not where they need to be on the ladder. And obviously, the Camels, I think, are the hottest team in the league. Um, so it's once again the Unicorns are in a sort of an elimination final, but the the Camels are, as I said, they've last three games they've won by nearly thirty points. So um, I think this is a, a hotly contested game, and um, if the if the Unicorns are at their best, the Camels are going to um, have to work pretty hard for this one. Octape, what's the tips from both of you? I think based on track record, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the camels. I'm going, with it. I'm going with the unicorns. Oh, I like it. Good matchups all round too. 
It's it's well, going to be an interesting game because both both teams have some some really imposing guys inside. Obviously, you have got Trent Castle Dean and Jack Morris Burney, and for for the Camels, you have got Dave Morseman and and uh, Mike Stewart. It's going to be a interesting battle of the bigs. I think um, it'll be a really good game to tune into. I challenge team? one person in this league to box out Trent. I can't waste to verse him. This is a hot take, DT. I'm going to play low. I'm, I'm putting myself on the line here. Hopefully, I'm playing Jeez. the game. He I wish everyone less. had stopped poking the bear here. <laughs> he will have less than 10 rebounds when he versus the Manadors. Nah, no there way. You the, are you talking about in the first quarter? or Hot take. I might box and one that guy. I'm, I'm sick and tired of watching. I've done minutes. some commentating the last few weeks, and I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of seeing it. He does. No one catches a body yet. That I, that I see in the games, people say, yeah, he's athletic. No one catches a body. This would be a good matchup for more um, Horseman. Oh, sorry, I didn't pronounce it right. But oh, Jack Horseman. He, <laughs> he can, <laughs> if he, they can catch a body, some of these Camels guys are big bodies. They catch a body and push him back. It will navigate the pressure of his rebounding presence. I promise you. I'll, I'll hot take. I'll call, I'm calling myself out. Less than 10 when he versus the Manadors. Shit, can we put can we put something on this? I want to I want to get something for free out of this. This is the, <laughs> this is a silly bet. I reckon he's having ten in the first quarter. All right, <laughs> uh, we'll see. I'll, I'm going to do my best, but um, I've never seen. I obviously he gets rebounds. Obviously, he comes off the ring, but I've never seen someone consistently put a body on that man. It's because he works hard either. to get in the good yeah, spots. Hard. Yep, I agree. I'm not disagreeing with you. All I'm going to say, hot take, Manadors. Make it game of the week because I'm going to put that guy on class. February, February 27, 7.30. I might not even take a shot. I might just stay down the off- the defensive end. Oh, we, now you're just flat out lying, man. <laughs> yeah, now I'm lying. That's too funny. Uh, Hot take. <laughs> Tuesday go. Sorry, night game on. of the Sorry week. Tuesday night game of the week. Road, we have got the Bayside Reapers versus the Philly Island Penguins, 8.20. Um, obviously, DT, your team is in good form. You've had some big results, and you are coming up against the league leaders. Yeah, obviously, the, the Penguins have been been red hot. They're the team to beat. Um, they're such a deep team. You know, you've got guys who are who are really in form in in Link and and Jess, and then you've got guys like Dill Jack who just sort of work their work their magic for a full forty minutes with that effort. Um, I, I think this team's just terrific, and and we're going to have to bring our A game to win. I don't want to suck yep. off Starkey, but he's won the premiership last year. Um, he could be, he could he the way he drafts his teams, um, talent slash camaraderie and continuity within his teams. Um, it's 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 S plus tier for me. The yep. man knows how to draft. He's done a terrific job. Um, you know, he's identified. Um, some some really key roles that that he needed filled, and um, the guys that he's put in those roles are just just awesome. I think he's yep. done such a great job. I think for your team to win DT, you need guys like Jaden O'Neill backing up what he just did, but then maybe guys like John, um, um, uh, Bray, Matt Bray as well. I think Matt Bray needs a double double for you guys. Yourself, you need you know you, you need to drop ten points, and and Seth just keeps doing what he's doing. But I think you might need four guys in double figures. I think that's pretty fair. I like pretty it. Fair. Well, let's uh, let's see if we can do that. Hopefully, we can. So, um, bro, just before we wrap up the podcast, mate, anything to to add um, before we um, jump? I off? think yeah, Tristan's been dropping registration numbers. Um, I haven't checked it this weekend, 
um, as of last week. I'm just scrolling down. As of last week, he had about 70 spots remaining. So um, it is now to the public. I know we've had about um, five or ten new players, and we've had about ten players from um, previous seasons sign up as well. So that means we're about 15 spots down on on, on existing guys. So um, do sign up. Um, the, the link is at the top of the top of the uh, Facebook page. Um, but yeah, just sign up. Take the um, take the pay and four option if that's easier, and just um, just make sure we're hold, holding your spot. Yeah, the pay and four options are a really cool thing. I'm glad we um, glad we were able to put that in. Um, you know, this season, last season, just gives people that flexibility of not having to um, to worry about a big lump sum coming out of their bank account. I know that um, you know times are tough for a lot of people at the moment. So that pay and four, you're getting solar. <laughs> <laughs> You're blind. You want everyone to sign up early so you can pay off your solar quicker. My, my lucky bills <laughs> will save me my Super League fees. <laughs> Absolutely. Pleasure right, being on again. It's good to be back. Yeah. Uh, yep. Appreciate you guys joining me. Uh, yeah, good to have you back, Lee. And, and Ro, as always, made a, a real pleasure to, to share the mic with you, man. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Have a good night, boys. Mm.